How do social entrepreneurs and small businesses create an authentic brand people love so they can get the edge they need to stand out, create predictable revenue, and compete against the big guys? That's what we're here to discuss. I'm Adam Force, the founder of Change Creator, and this is the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. This is your host, Adam Force. Um, I'm excited to be back here. We took a little time off for the holidays, so if you were celebrating, I hope you had some time with your family, um, enjoyed some good food maybe. We uh, were able to light up the fireplace for the first time in a long time. I do live in Miami after all, so we don't need it too much, but it's still fun ambiance, right? <laughs> so something really important I want to kind of level set on for your brand as you're building your brand, right? So hopefully you're at a place and you're listening to this show and you are understanding now at, at this point that building a brand is a really important part of the process. So if you're not thinking about that and, and taking those steps and you're just working, um, the, that's that's not a good long-term strategy to create loyal customers which help you thrive in the long run, right? So it depends what kind of business you want to run. But brands will always win in the end over great products, right? Great brands will dominate the market. Now, a lot of experts out there who are in the marketing space, running agencies, whatever it might be, especially people that run ads, <laughs> they're going to say, the most valuable resource out in the market today for your business is attention. And at a glance of hearing that, you're kind of like, oh yeah, it is. Because we, we have the sh our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So it's harder to get someone's attention, right? It's harder to get them to, to listen to a 15 minute video, whatever it might be. Or they land on my website and I only get three seconds of attention before they bail on me, right? <laughs> and so while there is truth to those types of insights, I don't believe that attention is the most valuable resource. It certainly isn't a scarce resource, right? So why do I say that? This is going to be important. So. Anybody, I was just putting together a presentation, for example, and I don't know why this metaphor came up, but imagine a massive highway from like a, um, what do you call it? A drone view. Okay. You're up high in the sky and you, it's nighttime, right? You have eight lanes, four on one side, four on the other. And the, they're just full of cars. You could see the red lights and the white lights, just full, like a river of lights just going. Think of like Facebook, Facebook has over 2.9 billion, that's a B for billion, active users, right? That's like 40% of the world population on planet Earth, <laughs> which is kind of mind-blowing. Like, how is that even possible? Well, that's the data point, okay? And if you're running a business, let's say you sell a $5,000 product, we'll start with high ticket, well, I mean, what do you need? 50 clicks a day? You can't get 50 people. All you have to do is say, here's this river of people constantly flowing through Facebook. And of course, there's Pinterest, LinkedIn, or whatever you choose. But Facebook is always my choice because of a number of reasons. 
you just need to tap into it. So it's not a matter of attention being the most valuable resource. Is it valuable? Yes, but there's something more valuable, all right? And you can very easily, like the, 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 the main thing about the attention factor, because people stress traffic, because we are afraid to you know, run ads, or, but you can go and chase people down in groups, get active and spend your time doing that. There's a cost involved, right? The cost is your time, all right? Or you could pay for traffic, and then there's a financial cost, right? You choose what kind of business you want to run. But one way or the other, you can get in front of people, right? So whether you're paying for attention or you are earning it <laughs> is up to you. So, but, but getting attention, anybody can buy it. Anybody can buy attention, but you know what they can't buy and is one of the more important and most valuable, um, valuable things in marketing today? Trust. Adam, what are you talking about? Listen, I'm a brand strategist and a developer. So my job, you know, part of the services we run at Change Creator is not just about creating branding, like a visual identity and, you know, sales funnels and websites. I don't, I, we, we talk about it that way. So people understand what the heck we're talking about, but the way I see it as a brand strategist is I'm creating experiences like I'm, I'm, I'm we are developing online real estate right I don't care if it's a website page or a sales funnel page or a social media whatever the page is it's just digital real estate right and we are we are setting that up and developing that real estate in order to share stories connect with customers right and earn their trust through relationship building and this is how we get loyal customers, right? And so <clears throat> here's some interesting information. So for the past, who knows how many years, I've been following a lot of different data. Like I love Comscore and all that stuff, but I also love Edelman, all right? So if you're not familiar, Edelman is a company that every year does a trust barometer special report. And I always have my eye on this because it's like, what is it when I work with clients and even when I worked at WebMD, right? I was uh, st uh, director of strategic marketing at WebMD. I had to understand what the real linchpins or, um, you know, key elements were in connecting with people and turning them into a customer, that was my job. Like I had to figure that out, right? Like what, what do we have? What stories are we telling? Where are we connecting with them? Where are they on the, the buyer's journey in this process? And what do they need to know? What's the best way to distribute? <laughs> like there's just a lot that goes into it. And part of the understanding I needed was their feelings about things. And when we don't, if we don't understand that trust is the most important and valuable component Right now, we're not going to build it into our marketing. So the Edelman Trust Barometer has been going on for a while. <clears throat> and in just for an example, now they have this really great little timeline they share in this report for 2021. And in 2017, they had the rise of belief-driven buying. All right. Buying things I believe in. Okay. Great. 2018. 
brand democracy, which means voting with the wallet. You ever hear someone <laughs> say that? Oh, vote with your wallet. Everything you buy, you're voting for that company, which then also determines like, you know, are they destroying the planet? Are they helping the planet? You know, we've, we've started Change Creator five, six, six years ago now to support social entrepreneurs, to use business as a, a resource, a tool or force for good, whatever you want to call it. Because social entrepreneurship is important. Businesses have a major impact in the world. We need them to be ethical. We need them to be conscious of people and environment, right? So that's where this voting for the wallet thing comes. 2019, brand trust becomes a top buying criteria. Like we gotta be aware of this stuff, right? And 2020, brands are expected to solve pandemic problems, 2020. And then in 2021, Trust becomes the new brand equity. Now, here's what's really interesting. So just to give you an example of the flow, in 2019, brand trust was at 81%, meaning 81% of people said they needed to trust a brand to buy from it. That's 81%. 2021, that same stat is up to 88%. I mean, we're getting closer and closer to just 100%, but these numbers are staggering. Like 88% of people say they have to trust a brand. Obviously, if it's a $2 item, brand trust is probably less significant, right? It's transactional. But when we go high ticket, the higher the price point, the more trust has to be built in. But let me go back to that e-commerce transactional price point because when we are doing, let's just even say a $5 item, Let me think of grocery store item, something I know I don't buy, (laughs) which is dairy milk, okay? So maybe someone's buying dairy milk, right? And it's just $5 a week that they're spending on milk, maybe every two weeks, I don't know what it is. And then they find out that the company that is producing the milk is like this evil monster, right? The way they treat the animals or the employees, whatever it might be, the environment, maybe they're dumping waste and all this bad stuff all of a sudden you don't trust that brand because they don't behave ethically. So what happens is they say one thing in their marketing and do another on the back end. And so all of a sudden the the, the people, us, right, the buyers are becoming smarter and smarter. And these red flags have been going up for years. I did a whole lesson, a whole presentation on the evolution of marketing all the way from disruption advertising until uh you know ad blockers were born and all this other stuff there's a reason like it's just people the red flags are up folks and now we're in this this evolutionary period where people are demanding things of brands they can literally change the way brands behave right we have more transparency It's pretty powerful stuff. And so those transactional items even require trust, especially when you're buying them on a regular basis. You'll say, I no longer want to support this company. I'm going to buy that product from someone else. You lose the trust, right? Trust is actually becoming more important than brand love. You could love a brand, but if they lose your trust, you're going to lose that customer. That's interesting. So attention, we can, anybody could buy the attention, right? But we can't buy the trust. We have to earn the trust. So we have to build that into the experience as we are running our businesses as founders, CEOs. And so you might be thinking, well, how, how do we do that? Um, 
I'll give you just a couple examples of trust so you can kind of think about them today, right? Because I think this is so important. Like this is top trend right now. And the feelings of, of consumers and people are, are, are out there. Um, and this report is pretty powerful. So, you know, one of the things, there's three components. I have a framework that I follow for my business. And that framework is about, you know, building trust. Um, so for example, if you want to build trust into the business, a couple things have to actually happen. For starters, we want to be really clear that there are three ways that we actually communicate our brand to people. We send these signals online, right? Verbal or contextual, right? Written and, and verbal words, messages, right? And we also have visual, right? A picture's worth a thousand words, kind of visual thing, right? And we also have actions and experience, right? What's the experience someone has? What are the actions the company takes, right? Um, those are really important signals, right? So what happens is we, we, we call this framework the digital conversation. Why? I remember we were, um, we were really hung up on like marketing formulas for a while earlier on in, uh, in the business about maybe five years ago and, you know, different tactics and they weren't working for us, especially for change creator magazine. Um, we were always able to connect with people, right? Especially larger clients that were paying for services. We did, we did some other kinds of SEO services back uh, years ago. Um, and we were able to connect with people and build relationships that led to sales when we were on the phone or in person. And, but when we were doing it digitally without that personal touch, there was like disconnects and struggle, right? And it, and we were kind of like jamming our, it was different in how we approached it, right? You don't think of marketing formulas, right? Copywriting formulas, headline formulas, or, you know, uh, the flow of content as you're in a natural conversation, right? It, it's different. Like you don't think that way. And so... One night, I remember literally, I was in Brickle Key in our Miami high rise, and I'm sitting there on the couch, and I'm like, why can't we just do the same thing using our digital real estate, right? And so we, we, I sent a text to someone on my team. I was like, we have to step back and humanize our marketing again. It, it got like too formulaic and tactical and, and just a lot of bullshit, right? And not that those things don't have proven value. They do. Headline formulas, whatever. There are things that like that, they help, right? But sometimes we get so over obsessive about meeting the criteria of a formula that we, we lose the natural feel and flow of our content, right? And what we really would say, like if I was, I, you know, like in those live conversations. And so, you know, by thinking of these conversations and applying them to the digital space, we were able to skyrocket our engagement, we were, we were more in sync with people and sharing the right stories at the right time to the right people, depending on where they were in their journey, right? And we call this the digital conversation. So that's the framework to build, start building more trust into the company that has helped 
a lot through our processes. And so the framework is, is three steps. Um, for starters, we have a lot of people, I'm going to get into the first step in just a second, but I want to just share a little point that's very important. You know, we do have this culture of immediacy and it leads entrepreneurs are always like, we've been there too. Like we look for shortcuts, right? We look for shortcuts. I want something quick. I want something fast. So the immediacy can leave, lead you to overwhelm and stress because you're doing things that just don't really pan out. Um, it's all this, this kind of BS stuff when we know what needs to be done, but instead we keep chasing like shortcuts. Um, and I know this for a fact, but one, because we've done it ourselves, <laughs> but two, because people come to me all the time after they've been burned over and over by agencies. I lost 30,000 here, 20,000 there. I had somebody come to me saying they hired a Facebook ads team. They spent 30 grand in a couple months and they didn't get one sale. <laughs> no one. And this was e-commerce. It was more transactional, right? Fashion company. Um, you know, you can get burned by these PPC agencies and you know how else you get burned? There's always someone with an agenda, right? And you could say, Adam, you have an agenda. Maybe so. <laughs> I, I, I have, I come from good intentions, but what gurus will tell you, like, for example, if I'm teaching people how to sell in Facebook groups, they're going to say, you don't need a website. You don't need a website. I'll show you how to get clients by chasing them all around the internet and DM spamming. I get those spams all the time. So I'm hating on it a little bit because it drives me nuts. I just don't think it's a great way to do business. And everybody's doing it now. So you're just bombarded with garbage. Nobody's genuine and authentically reaching out. You know, people are like, oh, I think you're the founder and owner of Change Creator, right? I'm like, dude, can you take five seconds to, to, to look? Like, I would never work with somebody like that, okay? And so these people will tell you that. And what happens is when they say, you don't need a website, you just do this, this, and this. We hate working on websites, most entrepreneurs, right? Not people like me, but other people do. And so when they hear that, they go, oh, thank God. I will now justify that belief, right? Or feeling to not do the work that I know needs to be done, right? And so what happens is you burn a ton of cash jumping from one fad to another and you leave a ton of cash on the table by not doing the things that are on the critical path of success. Um, and it depends. How do you want to run your company? All right. And, you know, you don't need anything. I've said this before where like <laughs> a great example is, you know, you don't need a lawnmower to cut the grass, Right. I can constantly spend all my waking hours using a pair of scissors. I'm sure you've seen some of those videos where it's like, oh, your wife, you said you'll help your wife, you know, do whatever uh, when you're done cutting the lawn and they show someone cutting it with the scissors, right? <laughs> um, so I can constantly spend a ton of my time cutting the grass with the scissors because I don't want to spend the money up front in a lawnmower or anything like that. So I'm going to, it's too complicated, too expensive and scary. So I hide from it. I do what I know, but it's going to cost me in different ways. It's going to cost me my time and it's going to cost me whatever else it's, it's stopping me from working on. That's more important on the critical path of the business. But Hey, I would much rather use a lawnmower to get the job done in less time and make it a lot easier, right? And that might be like a push mower, but even better yet, they have mowers now where you don't need to do it. It's automatic like a Roomba, right? So we can do these things and we can be smarter. So these are tools that create effective work. 
You could build a house with just a, a hammer and a manual screwdriver. But if you have all the electric tools, it's sure as hell going to be a lot easier, a lot faster and more effective, which means better for your business. So, you know, the reality is that if you, a a, a website, a sales, one of those things are all, it's all the same stuff. So we got to build this experience online and we build trust through this experience. All right. If you're not taking advantage of all this incredible online real estate these digital pages, websites, sales funnel, all these things, you're, it, it, it's a huge loss. They're so valuable to bringing customers in, connecting with people, building relationships. You want to work effectively and smart. And not using this real estate to me is complete insanity, right? So, you know, just something to think about. Now, let's get into the three-step framework <clears throat> for building trust, okay? So... Step one is the visual identity. Duh, right? Like nobody's going to roll up to a restaurant and be like, hey, look at all the cockroaches, rats, and other disgusting things. Looks like this place hasn't, you know, um, done any cleaning or upkeep in a long time. Or it looks like a two-year-old, you know, put it together. Uh, You're probably not going to feel very confident in eating at that restaurant, (laughs) But you go to the restaurant that actually looks like it's cleaned, it's polished, and has um, a great presentation. The lawn care is kept up. They must be doing well, right? That first uh, impression is stronger, which means now you'll at least go over there and check out the menu and see if you want the food. The other one, you're just going to walk by. Like you're, you're going to see it and say, I'm out, right? You don't trust them based on the first impression. Now, if you haven't read the book by Robert Caldini about the um, psychology of influence, I think the title was, I haven't read that in a a few years, Um, you know, he talks about how the difference between like how sales reps who are good looking automatically earn trust and people believe that they're smart, (laughs) right? So these things are just embedded in the psychology of people for all kinds of, you know, reasons that developed through evolution, um, so that first impression is important as a first step. And, you know, that's when your relationship starts. When they first visit your website or see your logo or hear your name, boom. And usability.gov found that having a credible website that was well-designed was given a rating of four out of five in the relative importance scale. And what that meant was that people rated the design of a website as the most important trust factor because it enhanced the credibility of the company and therefore made them more likely to become a customer. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you that that doesn't mean it has to be the most ridiculously designed thing in the world because you can over-design. I hate seeing the over-design. That can hurt you more than it helps you when it comes to results, right? Again, we're trying to connect with people and earn their business and help them and serve them, right? So over-designing just for bells and whistles is garbage. And we want it to just look clean, sharp, and it has to be structured in a way that creates the right experience, right? Okay, so that's really important. Um, The other part of it is designing in a way that aligns authentically to the business brand strategy, right? Who is the founder? What are the, the, what is the moral compass and the feelings of this brand, right? One of my current clients was 
I was on the phone and we presented her site and she almost, she was like, oh my God, I'm almost in tears. And I'm like, what, what's going on? She's like, I just, you know, laying my eyes on this, you like, you brought my vision to life. And it was just so aligned to what she was hoping for and what she had in her mind. Um, you know, it made her emotional, which was just, I mean, that kind of stuff just makes our team so happy, right? Like, cause that's, that's, that makes a big difference to people and their, their livelihoods and what they're trying to do. Now, the second step in the framework, so that was visual identity. Step one, have a good visual identity. Step two, building trust. Remember, we're talking about building trust here. <clears throat> experience, all right? So experience is the second step in the framework for the digital conversation. I love the quote from Steve Jobs. I'm looking at it right now on the screen. Most people make the mistake of thinking design is what it looks like. It's not just what it looks like and feels like, it's how it works, right? And like I was just saying, a visual, a visually pretty design doesn't mean shit if you're not getting results, right? So it's ridiculous to me to see people who design websites that don't have direct response or digital marketing experience or backgrounds, right? Who cares if you can create a pretty design? That doesn't mean anything. Do you know how to sell? Do you know the buyer psychology, <laughs> right? So this is very important to the experience. And when we talk about experience, we are we have to break down um, and cut out at each touch point through the digital experience, this, this conversation online, the friction, the confusion, the distractions. And we gotta have a critical path identified, right? And offer people use of value. This is key. Why? Because a confused person never buys. So how people are experience, how they experience, one, your web pages, your content, your emails, your sales process, your products, your services, that is all part of this experience that we're shaping online that builds trust, generates these leads, generates the sales and creates loyalty for the long term. And the more loyalty you have means you're keeping customers. And when we keep customers, guess what? We have way more revenue, way more. We don't always want to just chase new clients or new sales. We want to make sure we're nurturing what we already have, right? It, that's the low-hanging fruit, all right? A study by Lithium showed that 55% of adults admit they place more value on a positive experience with a brand than the product itself. That's pretty awesome. I, um, the third thing, I, have a, I was going to tell another story, but I don't want to <laughs> belabor the point. So the third part of this process in the digital conversation framework is messaging. I'm a big storyteller. We ran a course called Captivate. And um, storytelling is just like the oldest and most powerful form of communication. Without stories, we wouldn't have any progress. So all, all progress or history was made possible because of storytelling. And so, you know, here we can go out and say stories. We have, I use the terminology messaging. Um, it just makes a little more sense because people have a certain connotation or a certain way of thinking when they hear the word story. And we have to know the customer journey. I mean, I literally 
when I worked at WebMD, I would map out the journey of that someone would go through like a day in the life of this perfect customer. And I would explain to clients like where where their head was at, where they were as a buyer and, and the experience because different stories had to be shared depending on where they were in that journey, right? Um, if somebody that is further along, like, okay, actually let's go earlier in the process. If you're not even, kind of, if you are having symptoms that are causing you a problem, but you don't know what the source of the problem is, and someone's already talking to you about your solution and jamming that down your throat, it's not going to make any sense. And they're certainly not ready to buy. It's only like three to 5% of people who are actually ready to buy. The rest are either just becoming aware of a problem or they're trying to figure out like what the best solution is to a problem. So there's different like stages. And then they have experiences of how they find that information, which means what am I saying? What stories am I sharing? And, and how, what medium am I sharing them in, right? These are the touch points we talked about, right? And when we're sharing messaging, it goes into different forms. Remember I said, we wanna share use value. Well, we have different ways of doing that. There's, you've probably downloaded a free PDF or watched a webinar. And, and depending on where someone is, this is how we create an experience that's valuable to people and how we earn what? Trust, right? We give people wins. And that's how we start building up our brand equity and our brand trust. How do you think I got Ariana Huffington in like the first year of Change Creator when we had no real brand equity? I made a good first impression. I set us up in a way that she didn't think we were going to disappear in a year and she would look like, you know, a ding dong for being part of this little no name brand. Um, you know, creating these impressions, sharing value, like there's different ways to, to communicate these things. Um, so this, those are the three major steps. And just to go, just to share, uh, an example of like, in how it how this digital conversation process has helped us map things out where we get better uh, retention and engagement. We had videos here that I pulled for our story mastery workshop. Like here's one, for example, I did called Two Addictions Entrepreneurs Need. Well, there was 81,000 views, 81.7 thousand views. And the video was a minute and 30 seconds. And guess what? 79%, 79% of 81,000.7 views watched the whole thing in full. That's, that's like really powerful. Um, I had another one here, 88.4 thousand views, and it's called Live the Right Life. And it had a 56% watch in full, so retention rate. Um, you know, you normally, you, people are dropping off at 15 seconds. Like they're scrolling through Facebook. They're not interested. They're just looking for the next dog and cat video, whatever. So to get 79% watch in full or 56%, you have to have alignment. So the more you know your customer, the more you understand the messaging factor, one, you earn trust and you connect, right? And you get more engagement, <laughs> right? So those are the things I wanted to talk about today. So remember, you cannot buy trust. You have to earn it, but you can buy attention. So trust today is really important. Um, I'm almost done with this new presentation I put together. I'm going to dive into a lot more uh, of this about how to create a trustworthy brand and actually set it up to get leads and sales on autopilot, right? 
how do we, we connect with people and shape the online experience in a way that you free yourself up so you're not cutting the grass with scissors and you actually have these tools online that are working for you, right? So um, I'm going to, you know, once that's available, I'll email the list. So if you guys are on the list, great. If not, you can always just email me, guys, if you want to get in on that, adam at changecreator.com. Just hit me up and uh, we can talk. So I'll send you that stuff or I'll add you to the email list. You just let me know. Um, and if you want to work with us, we have, uh, I just had one, so Finger Looking Dutch just went live and we have that one spot open and I have a couple other clients going live. <coughs> we had a full roster for a while. Um, if you guys want to work, I would love, I don't work with everybody, right? You got to, I want to make sure I can get your results. I know you hear that before. Oh yeah. We will guarantee certain things for sure. Like we're going to work with you until you, you get certain results. Um, but you need to be in a certain place, like far enough along or, you know, actively selling at least. And it depends on where you are in your business. So I like to have a strategy call where you and I can connect, see how we're vibing, right? And where you are in your business. And then not only will you get a ton of valuable insights from the call, whether we work together or not, but if it's a good connection, um, we could do some really great work together. So you can always reach me through the application. That's the best way on the website, changecreator.com. You can just apply. And this way I get some insights. I kind of know where you're at and we can set up a formal call for that and we'll do a strategy session. I'll talk to you directly. Uh, I hope this was helpful insights today. So um, I'd love for you guys to support us. And if you'd like to support the show, just leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And um, if you have questions about these topics, don't hesitate to let me know. Again, just email me. I make myself available as much as possible, okay? Because I want to connect with you guys. I want to know what kind of questions or challenges you're facing. And um, I'm going to do more of these solo talks on key topics to help kind of expose you to some of these key uh, insights that will help your brand. Um, Yeah, and that's it, guys. Hope you have an amazing day, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning into the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. Don't forget to stop by changecreator.com for more information, fresh articles, content, and our services if you're looking to build a brand that people love. And please stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We appreciate your support. Thank you.